Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So Mama said there'd be days like this. She just didn't say there'd be this many. Padres lose a series to the Diamondbacks, who had lost nine consecutive games entering Saturday. John and Jim with you on the wrap-up show. There's a lot to get into as we turn our attention towards 2024 with the Padres and the managerial position and Juan Soto's future and offseason needs. And just the state of the Padres right now, who lose a series to the Diamondbacks, Jim, after leading today multiple times by multiple runs. They lose 5-4, um, as they've lost so many times this year. 6-19 and 19 in one-run games. 6-19 and 19 this year in one-run games. The worst record in Major League Baseball. Jim's going to keep doing that. While he does that, smash the like button. That would be the opposite of that. Um, subscribe, please. We have year-round content for you. Good days and bad days. There have been more of the Latter than the former, I think. Um, please subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel for even more daily Padres content by clicking the link in the description down below. Click that link in the description down below to get to our brand new John and Jim YouTube channel. We just launched that less than a week ago. Please subscribe to that. If you're looking for even more Padres content, please subscribe to that channel. Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer at Jim Russell SD. We do appreciate all the super chats. We'll get to every single super. We know there's a lot of people that want to weigh in tonight. Click the dollar sign below the chat box um, if you want to weigh in. We really do appreciate the super chats. Um, okay, Jim, before we get going, how do you explain this, which was so explainable? I mean, heading into the series, could you have envisioned the Padres losing a series to the Diamondbacks who came in having lost eight consecutive games? The answer, yes. of course, is yes. And that's last two days. Are the Padres to a T? We talked about what they had to do this next week. And they failed miserably. Now, there's still an entire week, like Monday through next Sunday here, but you already, you already failed. I'm sorry. You already failed. You need to, I mean, they would need to literally go uh, undefeated on this homestand here to like make you even think, hmm, maybe. No, but now you're they, doing a Soto, literally. No, they wouldn't. If they... <laughs> If they went, hey, if they did it, they would have won to this homestand. You'd be like, "Oh my gosh!" Everyone would be like, "This team is back." Um, how many games do they have on this homestand? Is it ten? If they went eight and two this homestand, they'd be five hundred, and people would be over the moon excited. Go ten and zero. You gotta go ten and zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's not happening. Let's be real here. It's not happening. Well, um, they don't need to go ten and zero. But yeah. you know, after this game today, everything's everything's predictable with this team. Okay, the, nothing about this series 
shocked me at all. Um, nothing new came out of this series. No, like, life or hope or anything like that. Same old Padres. Stick a fork in them. Stick a fork in them. But what came out of this game for me wasn't the game. It was the post-game quotes. And it was just... The, I didn't see it on television. Um, but I did see it tweeted by Darnay. Shout out Darnay. If you're in, up, if you're in the chat. Oh, he's here. Darnay. He's in the chat. Oh, he's in the chat. I he promise. He's in the chat. Look at Twitter. He's in the chat. So Bob Melvin today said, we've had some tough losses this year, but that's probably as tough as a loss as we've ever had or we've had. Well, it wasn't in the, if you're just looking in a vacuum and looking at just the games, there's been much worse losses this year as far as the games go, right? This was a bad loss, but it wasn't like this catastrophic, just as if I'm looking in a game in a vacuum loss to me, well. though, no, it's, it's still, don't get me wrong. It's still bad. It's still bad. They, they faced the pitcher with the worst ERA in baseball, scored three runs in a third of an inning and then didn't score again. My, my point is, great. my point is the, what I got there from Bob Melvin is he knows and he senses the end is near. Like he knows this thing is done. It's just a matter of time before you officially can put a nail in the coffin. But those quotes from me feel like, dude, they know the end is near this. They could not afford to lose this series because you can't afford to lose series to teams that are in front of you. And also teams that lost eight straight games going into just the series this past weekend. Like they, 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 th- this yes, whole thing, this whole thing this past weekend was who the Padres are. This is who they are. They are a bunch. They're all talk. They they have a great game, and then they score no runs the next game, and then the, and then the following game, they're they have a heartbreaking loss. Like literally every single game in the series, John was a part of their season. One game, the first one, is where they blow a team out. They look like the best team in baseball. The second game, where they literally do nothing on offense, score zero runs, and look completely lifeless. And then the third game is when they have a lead, and then the bullpen gives it up. Like, that is their season in three games. Yeah, but I think what's funny is when people are like, they couldn't lose this series to the Diamondbacks. No, they couldn't lose the series to the Pirates. No, they couldn't lose the series to the nationals no they couldn't lose this is literally the ninth time they've lost a series that we said at some point over the last four months they needed to win it's literally the ninth time they've done that this is as predictable as the as the day is long i mean this was fully predictable uh to your point whether it was game two not scoring after scoring 10 runs they've done that four times this year Four times this year, they scored 10 plus runs, not scored the next game. Fucking joke. And then today, I mean, to be six and 19 in one run games is why I would have sold off Josh Hader. Okay. Because they can't win close games and it doesn't matter who their closer is. You're not using them. They've been on the wrong side in every way, shape, and form, including in extra inning games, which wasn't today. But this was once Arizona tied this up, who in their right mind thought the Padres were going to win this game? Like, is there any human being, including those in the clubhouse and in the dugout, that thought the Padres were going to win after whoever was, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., hit a pinch hit, two-run home run off Nick Martinez? The back of their bullpen before Hader has been awful. Mm -hmm. The team's been terrible since um, the trade deadline. And they're staring right now at fourth place in the NOS 70 something wins you know that's that's basically 
what they're staring at right now. And there's not a lot of hope other than being in a national league that isn't very good. There's not a ton of hope for having hope. Let's get to some of these super chats, guys. If you're here, please subscribe. Also, please subscribe to our brand new channel by clicking the link in the description down below. Let's get to these super chats. Click the dollar sign below the uh, chat box. We'll get to every single super here tonight. Gus, who's been all over us on Twitter for some reason, says he hearts John and Jim kind of. Now can we stop dreaming? Okay, Gus, let me explain this real quick. Okay, you go first. Okay. (laughs) Gus, we are in a business of talking about the Padres for four hours a day. If you want to take 10 seconds of what we say and clip it out and pretend as if that's our true intent on this team, go right ahead. No. Feel free. Feel free to do that. But by the way, by the way, we do content for a living. That's our whole purpose here. So I'm glad that you're reacting to it because that's kind of the purpose. Also, it's not even what you said. There's no dreaming here from us. Have you been watching or listening? We there's a difference between saying that they're going to do something and saying what they need to do. Correct. Like, everybody has been saying that, bro. We've all said what this team needs to do is sweep the Diamondbacks, win two or three versus Baltimore, and then sweep the Diamondbacks again. Or at worst, they should have won two or three of this series, then win two or three from Baltimore, and then sweep the Diamondbacks at home next weekend. And if they did that, then we could start talking potentially. But guess what? They're not going to do that. So there's no, there's no part of us that said, hey, keep, you know, like, hey, they're going to do it. We never said that. We never, ever said that. So well, in I don't fact, know we what. spent July saying that this team, if you're being honest, is the team they've been for 100 games. So don't go by based on even two weeks of results and then one week of results and then right. a three game sweep of the Rangers said it's it's not prudent. It's not the right decision. You're chasing down a mirage. The odds are against the Padres of making the postseason. That's played out in a very short period of time. Now, we're not going to come on every single day and be like, the season's over, because that's stupid. Um, And there's six teams that make the playoffs in the National League, plus we're trying to have people with us. (laughs) Here's Here's also the thing, too, John. Like, And I've said this before. um, Yeah, the teams in front of them are not good. But the Padres also are not good. And I did think that they could have had like a weak stretch where they get hot. I'll, I'll preface by saying they still could, but I don't believe they will. Um, and the other teams in front of them could all be like average at best. And you could maybe sneak your way in. You know, I, I don't believe that's going to happen, but that's a possibility. Do I believe I, that's again? I, do I believe it? I don't. Um and, you know, when the trade deadline happened, I was fine with it. I, I did. Was I upset they they didn't trade Snell and Hater? Like, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was like, oh, but but here's the point to that. I said, okay, fine. Guess what, Preller? Because you didn't do this, you have one option now. And if you fail at that, then heads are going to have to roll. And that only option was you better make the postseason now. That was it. You better make the postseason. If you do not trade Snell and Hater, right? I'll, I'll okay. You better make the postseason, and it doesn't look that's got, that's going to happen. If you would have traded Snell and Hater, would you have given them the benefit of the doubt or leeway and said, "Will you by trading these two players, you bought yourself extra time?" No chance in hell. Because so he, he was so under that scenario, you wouldn't have given him time either way, right? No, he does. He has one out here though, John. The one out is making the postseason. That's it. 
So well, he'll be won't... back. I mean, he's got. No, I know. I mean, yeah, he'll, he'll be, be back. Of course, he'll be back. He'll yeah. fucking get like a ten-year contract extension. So the the whole heads will roll will be heads other than his own, and I agree. It'll yeah. be someone else's head. But like the thing that I said is, you know, if you don't trade, okay, fine. You know, you have a direction now. That's the way they're going to go. And maybe it'll help this team because there was a lot of like wondering for a couple of weeks there. And like, there always is in baseball. Are they going to trade this guy? Are they going to trade this guy? You know, the, the quotes from Musgrove back and forth, they're like, holy shit, dude. I mean, you, you, you think you're a better team without those guys? And they're actually really not a good team with them. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and if they traded them, then yeah, absolutely. Preller has no out there because that is an admission of failure. And it is also proving that what you have done is a giant F. See, I, I see it the other way. First of all, I, I said, as everyone knows, it was here. I said, sell. And the reason, and by the way, I wouldn't have, I don't think it would have been at the expense of Preller's job because I just think it would have been the prudent decision for the organization that he oversees on the baseball operations side. What puts you in a better position to win in 2024? Getting pieces, parts back from two of the best players in baseball in Blake Snell. I mean, imagine the return. For Blake Snell, imagine the return. Number one prospect, probably. Even, you know, Josh Hader would have been a sizable return. I was just thinking, what? Like, you are overseeing the organization's baseball operations. You almost have an obligation. Now, again, I think Peter Seidler kind of controlled the directive, probably, of what they were trying to accomplish. They didn't buy big, but they didn't sell. And by not selling, it'll be interesting to see what impact it has on the Padres in 2024 murray thank you for the super chat guys if you're here please subscribe if you're here thank you for the supers click the dollar sign below the chat box we'll get to all of them says the bullpen is 15 and 25 enough said change the vernacular um bullpen being 15 and 25 isn't for me the end-all be-all that's not good record of of bullpen relievers isn't to me have much value other than the fact that that's 10 games under 500 but i mean I, i don't need the bullpen record to tell me that the bullpen has really let this team down outside of Josh Hader a lot I'd say since about the first of June I think overall if you look at the numbers bullpen numbers are okay starting year is great but yeah I mean the bullpen how many leads have they had from June 1st on that they have not held from the sixth inning on there's got to be a lot I'd say 10 and that might be I might be underselling it Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, and everybody that thinks Bob Melvin's a bad manager is blaming him for these losses. Are there some on him? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, and he's not pulling any right strings right now. I mean, he it's every move that he makes just completely fails him. I mean, Nick Martinez today pulling Seth Lugo after 87 pitches. What happens? Two-run homer, game tied. You know, bringing Robert Suarez in. And if you look at his numbers, you know, he's not getting many swings and misses. He just is not that shutdown guy like he was last year. Probably understandable because he's coming off a, an injury, and this is kind of like his spring training of sorts because, you know, he's been injured most of the year. Um, but every move that's been made has been pretty much a failure. 
almost every move that he's made before the job before Josh Hader has been a majority of the time a failure. But I don't know what else he's supposed to do. I mean, if you're giving the ball to Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez and and you've given it to Stephen Wilson and Stephen Wilson the other day gave up a, you know, mm-hmm. home run, a two-run home run with two outs in the eighth inning in Seattle. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's Melvin. And listen, I've been as critical of Melvin as anyone. I don't know, though, is that Melvin or is that A.J. Preller's bullpen? Or like, what else is he supposed to, where is he supposed to turn? Those are his top three relievers other than Josh Hader, and Josh Hader's not pitching sixth innings. Yeah, you're not going to Cosgrove. You're not going to – I mean, Wilson's been bad lately. Um, These are the guys. These yeah. are the guys, you know. They're, they're Martinez all, has six blown saves this year. That's a big number. This, these players are, are letting – I mean, it's the way that they've played. After the first inning, I, I thought, I'm like, okay, here we go. Here's a 10-run outing. I put it on Twitter. I'm like, run differential game because I expected – after what you saw in the first inning today, them to put up some runs. And it would have been so typical because you get shut out the night before, you come back the next day, you score nine runs. That's that's who the Padres are. Mm-hmm. And they didn't capitalize after the first inning versus like literally one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball. They had they they gave him a career high in strikeouts. What outing was this for him? So this was his 11th outing. His first 10 outings, his ERA was what? 7 two, 3 I think it was in the high sixes. No, it was in the sevens. It was in the sevens? It was so. in the sevens. Okay. Um, and today he came an out away from a quality start. He did not allow a run in his final four and two-third innings pitched. So just, that that's just the Padres as well. They'll score early and then they'll sit on that lead. They didn't do it two days ago against Arizona. They kept piling on, but... Today is a good example of that. They score three in the first. They score one additional run in this game. I mean, this team, they're not even a team. I won't even call them that anymore. These, these collection of players, because that's what they are. They're not a team at all. They haven't shown and proven that, that they're a team. There's been glimpses here and there, but there's been more team meetings than I can even count. And I said last week, um, I believe it was, it might have been Friday. It might have been Friday at Fair Play where I was like, okay, we're going to see if this this final team meeting, if it's going to, you know, if it the message was received. And for this weekend, Friday, for this weekend, you you completely turtle shelled. And I don't know who spoke in that meeting. I asked Kevin uh, AC about it on Friday, like who initiates these meetings? Because maybe that message is literally just going one in, in one ear and out the other. And it's most likely that whoever keeps talking in these meetings or setting these up, um, that person doesn't have clubhouses full attention. Well, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think there is a person because it's if it's not Bob Melvin, if it's not AJ Preller, if it's not Peter Seidler speaking to the media, if it's not Manny Machado, if it's not Joe Musgrove, then I don't know who. If it's not Xander Bogart, it's not then two-time champ. I, then I don't know if there's someone a person has to be like, it. "Hey, bro, we're having a team meeting." But right? I'm saying I don't think like I don't I don't think there's a person to turn it around. No, no, it's I, Tyler, no, Preller, Melvin. No, I agree with you, John. I'm just saying like this weekend to me further proved the point of whoever is speaking, and it might be a collection of dudes. Like it's just not getting through. It's not. You you saw the same. I see the same quotes from from guys today that was like you can't you can't have this happen again. 
I mean, let, let me read this from uh, Jay Cronenworth. And it's exactly every other quote that we've seen from this team, team over and over and over and over and over again. He says, the way we attacked the guy in the first inning, I think we should have had him out of the game pretty early. I couldn't tell you why we didn't. Obviously, the first inning, we had a great approach and then went out there and attacked him. Maybe we went on, maybe we went on the defensive a little bit. I don't know. Obviously, he settled in and ended up pitching pretty well. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how many times has, has, has that sentiment been, been preached throughout the clubhouse after losses? Well, Manny Machado postgame said it's baseball, and he said that fucking break. there's a reason why this guy's in the big leagues. Yeah, I saw I saw that quote too. Yeah. I mean, good good job, Manny. It's baseball. And again, it's like, listen, they're being, here's the thing. Fuck out of here. Jim always freaks out about this. They're being asked. You wouldn't hear from Jake Cronenworth otherwise. He's got an obligation to some extent. They come up to you. They're going to ask the question. He's going to answer. I mean, what do you want him to say? I, you know, we, we, uh, I don't we want killed, them to say anything, John. I want them to fucking go out there and I yeah, want but, them to but, turn it around. Yeah, I understand. But I mean, Bob Melvin has to speak twice a day. So, you know, there's no right answer. No, my and, point. And that's what I said, dude. I said, I said it on Friday, this team is 100% all talk. All talk. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I read that quote from like Cronenworth. I don't, you know, I don't see that as all talk. I'm talking about like, the overall, you know, message from the team that will turn it around and, you know, the well, run is coming. Say. This is what I always say. Say it's over. It, it's done. No, I want, John, there's, there, when I say that I'll talk, they literally all talk because all they do is answer the same questions over and over again because they can't perform on the field. That is yeah, the definition. That's the definition of all talk. Let's get to the Supers. Murray, thank you, says, how about one of our starting pitchers throw 100, throws 100 pitches? Okay, here, here's the thing with Lugo today. Jim just mentioned 87 pitches. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, at some point, Lugo's not even going to be able to get through five innings. Like, at some point, they're going to – they'll skip him probably. He's over 100 innings or right at 100 innings. There's still 40-something games left. So, yeah, I mean, I understand it. Like, could he have gone another inning? Sure. Is it the difference between winning and losing? Maybe. I mean, I'm not overly concerned about Seth Lugo not going six innings every single time he's out there, but because I never thought he was going to be a guy to throw 160 innings for this team, and he's not going to be that guy. Nope. Based on the way they're using him, he's not going to be that guy, and that's nope. proving itself here in August. He's not going to throw 150, 160 innings because he never does. No, and we all knew that. Like, we knew that going forward. And we, I said this weeks ago, like, hey, that's going to be something you have to look at is the inning limit for Seth Lugo, a guy that hasn't thrown over 100 innings, but just one time in his career. And even then, it was like 102 or something like that. It was a very low number, very low hundreds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not throwing 150. <laughs> right. No, he's not. He's really not. Uh, Brian, thank you for the super. He says, does this team get above 500? I remember a while back you predicted it would happen end of July. Maybe June. I don't know. I don't know if we predicted it. Um, we might have said it's it's feasible. Like they have um, to. Thought, right, exactly. <laughs> Thoughts on if, when it will happen. Um, I would put it at certainly less than 50%. I think there's a less than 50% chance at this point. They haven't been over since May 10th. It's been over three months. I, yeah, I'd say the odds would be against them being over 500 at the end of the season based on 56 and 62. I'd be surprised. I think that's fair. That's that's how I'd put it. I'd be surprised if they finished above 500. You know what they're going to do? You know what these fucking guys are going to do? They're going to get eliminated from the postseason, like two weeks to play. 
still have yet to win three more than three games in a row. They're going to rip off like seven straight. You know what's happening, right? When they get eliminated, you're saying? Yeah, like when they get eliminated and they, up until that point, still have yet to win more than three games in a row in the season. Right. You know they're ripping off like seven or eight remaining games. Like in a row. Mm, uh, or they just roll over. Well, that too. But, <laughs> but it would be such a slap in the face if after they get eliminated, they like go on a like mini run for however many games are left in the year. Yeah. But no, it's uh, it's true. That is fair. I mean, I still could see like even though this is saying, talking out of both sides, it's like I'd be surprised if they finished over five hundred. I'd also be surprised if they didn't have four game winning streak because every other team in baseball has had a four game winning streak. So just deducing, just using my brain and knowing that every team has done it, how can they not do it? It just seems like it'll happen. But even a four game winning streak doesn't guarantee this team finishes over five hundred. You know, and they got I, they got a lot more work to do than just I, that. And look, I got many fooled after the trade deadline and then winning five of six and then um, getting into the Dodger series. I was like, I could see 85 wins, 86 mm-hmm. wins. I think I said 86 because um, I was like, okay, they have a direction. They have a purpose now. There's no more question marks. And I, I put my faith in this team for a little portion. Does that, does that mean I thought they're going to make the postseason? No, I just thought like the win total – I thought they could get there. Yeah, they ain't sniffing eighty six wins. <laughs> no, be really hard. They ain't. They ain't sniffing eighty six. That's okay. thirty and fourteen, which is six ninety baseball, something like six ninety. And by the way, that may not guarantee them the postseason. It, it honestly, right. there's a decent chance that a team like the Cubs finishes with eighty six wins. Out of Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, one team will go on a run. Quote me. Yeah. Out of Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, one team will play good baseball. And they'll win eighty six plus games. I I'm, I'd be shocked yep. if the last wild card team didn't have eighty six plus wins. I'd be shocked. Um, Enzo, thank you. He says love watching you guys. Do you guys do other content in the off season, or is that also your off season? Keep up the great work. Okay, thank you, Enzo. Thanks, Enzo. Super. This channel is year round. Okay, in season and out of season. So please subscribe. In addition to that, we have daily three hour shows. John and Jim on our brand new John and Jim YouTube channel. Click the link in the description down below. Please subscribe. We literally launched that five days ago, six days ago, Tuesday maybe. Mm-hmm. So about five days ago. So we do this on YouTube. We do it on the radio, full-time job, three to six. But this is year-round. Wrap-up show, if you're here, please subscribe. This is a year-round show. Whenever there's news, we bring it to you on the wrap-up show. Thank you, Enzo. Yeah, we have, uh, we have now two YouTube channels. So we're literally, we live on YouTube now. Is basically we really the- do was basically what happened here. Um, All right, let's finally get to this. Evan, thank you. Um, we were waiting for someone to chime in with the Super before fully getting into it. He says, we're storming Petco offices if they actually hire Ryan Flaherty, right? I kid, but we do need fire Preller chance at this homestand. We have opportunities. It's a 10-gamer. Um, he's referencing what Bob Nightingale wrote and talking Friars Ben Fadden. I saw posted this on social media. Let me read the exact thing from Bob Nightingale. Then Ben Fadden had, it is this. The quote is, if the Padres don't reach the postseason, Bob Melvin could take the fall with bench coach Ryan Flaherty, a strong candidate to succeed him. That's Bob Nightingale today. Ryan Flaherty played with Manny Machado for a long time in Baltimore in the 2010s. He's, of course, the bench coach right now in San Diego. I'd be surprised personally, just because Bob Nightingale says it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I don't have to be the first person probably to tell people that. Um, 
I'd be surprised if someone on this staff succeeded Bob Melvin if Bob Melvin was let go. <laughs> I, I I saw it and it's like you said, it's Bob Nightingale. Okay. Yeah, take um, it with lots of grains of salt. Lots of grains of salt. Uh, Bob has done a, a good job on some things, but 85% of the time, he's like an aggregate reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there is some truth to this. I don't think this is just like smoke in the wind. Um, I do think that if you put it together, it would make some sense. One, he's Manny's boy. Two, who is the person on this team that you need to have on board on all times or else if he defects, it it's ruins the entire clubhouse? That's Manny Machado. And if you keep him in line and you make sure that the message is aligned with him and Manny, it makes sense. If they did it, it's a fucking joke. If they literally fire Bob Melvin and they can say all they want, they can say Bob Melvin decided to retire or he's walking away to be with family bullshit. They would have fired him. If they fire Bob Melvin and hire Ryan Flaherty, I got nothing against Ryan Flaherty, nothing against him. That is a fucking disaster. And no fan is going to view this as a positive. I'm sorry. No way. And there's no way you can spin it to anybody. There's is a zero, great, zero way to spin it. This all. is a great point from our buddy Will Holder who says they didn't let him interview in New York. It's been Flaherty all along. There have been many that have speculated, by the way, about Ryan Flaherty's future as potentially Padres manager. The fact that it's blown up to this, I think, has to do with circumstance. This team is completely floundering. Bob Melvin, of course, is an extremely accomplished manager. It's one thing if he walked away after two or three years and did retire on a high note. It's another thing if, to your point, he's kind of forced out you know, following a 75 win season. And then they just, you know, move up Ryan Flaherty. And then of course the association of Manny Machado, and it just feels like the organization does everything to cater to one individual. And you could almost argue that it's Manny Machado that's pulling strings over AJ Preller pulling strings, even though AJ Preller is going to be the decade long general manager, but it's Manny Machado. That's actually got the longer deal than AJ Preller. He's going to be here for the next decade plus. The, the power structure in this organization, obviously it's Sidler one, but like if you want to argue that Manny's two, I wouldn't disagree with you. I honestly, I would not disagree with you if you thought that Manny Machado had the second most power in this organization because he forced his way to get a contract extension from Peter Sidler this, this spring training. Okay. Um, he forced a lot of coaches to be hired here and he forced a lot of coaches to be fired here. Okay. So if you tell me that uh, the second person in charge, or at least the second person with most power in this organization is Manny Machado, like I wouldn't argue that. I just wouldn't because I've seen with my own two eyes. I've heard like it's just that's what Manny is. This organization is from from Sider's point of view, he is the most important or one of the most important people in it. And if you told me right now, if you went to Sider and said you have to pick one, Manny. Preller, not even a question. <laughs> not even a question, dude. This will be interesting to watch play out. Um, maybe I, I still I'm skeptical. Let me put it that way. I'm very skeptical because you got to think about it also optically. 
that's okay, the, so the that's optics, the point here. Yeah, the optics of well, I I think that I think there's a scenario like I just said. I think there's a scenario where Ryan Flaherty could be the next manager of the Padres. I just don't yeah. see it in this scenario. John, <laughs> I I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. By the way, I don't think there's a right manager. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I don't care who the manager is. It could be Joe Torre in his prime. I don't think there's a right manager Dude. for this team. If it ain't working with Bob, it ain't working with anybody. Yeah, so it's like not really a knock on Ryan Flaherty. I don't think Ryan Flaherty's no. going to do worse than Ron Washington, and I don't think Ron Washington's going to do worse than Joe Madden, and I don't think Joe Madden's going to do worse than Jace Tingler, and I don't think he'll do worse than Andy Green. I think it's all the same. And I wouldn't blame Ryan Flaherty if he took the job as manager at all. I would 100% put the blame on the one guy that's been the constant here since 2015, that's A.J. Preller. Like, we we talked about this with um with with Tingler I think about like it's not Ting it wasn't Tingler's fault he was hired here right you know like hey if you're offered a a a job that only thirty people in the world have like you're probably gonna take it <laughs> and and so I, I never blamed Tingler for for well, it's like Hosmer it's like who you wouldn't have taken it yeah I, I never blamed Tingler and I never blamed Hosmer for taking the money um. I blame the person that made those decisions to bring them and put them in those positions. So if Ryan Flaherty gets hired and I say it's a fucking joke, I don't mean like Ryan Flaherty, like you're a joke. No, not at all. I applaud you. Congratulations. You got a manager's job. Um, the person that hired you, that's the problem. If that were to happen. Now, I hope I'm wrong, like I said, but whether I just... I just don't see it as a. This is like a, actually, I would say the same thing about the GM me. job. I'd say the same thing about a GM job with the Padres. I don't think it's a very good job, to be honest with you. Like, are you serious with this payroll? You don't think it's a very good job? I don't. I, I think the payroll has really handcuffed them. I think these long term deals have really set them back potentially to change this over in a in a quick period of time. And by the way, I'm not I'm not saying they can't win in 2024. I think they could have been better positioned to win in 24 if they made the right decisions at the deadline in 2023 but the way i see it i think it's a fine gm job i don't think it's a great one from a managerial position this this is not a good manager job i'm sorry it's just not there's so much insecurity the team is helter skelter they're constantly up and down they're always looking for scapegoats i don't think it's a good managerial job i don't know what type of candidates they're going to have for the job i really don't um okay we're gonna get back to the supers in a moment do need to remind you about our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show, Mark Nimitz. He has been with us literally since day one. If you have auto, home, renter's life, earthquake insurance needs, whatever it is, I get a lot of my insurance through Mark. In fact, everything, basically. Homeowners, earthquake, life insurance. I've got all those policies through Mark. He saved us thousands of dollars when we had a flood in here in 2022. He can save you $750 or more just by switching your insurance. Simple as that. Before you renew, call Mark or go to his website, click the link. In the description down below, you can get free quotes online or by calling Mark. He's a great insurance agent. Take it from me. When we had that flood, it would have been flat out a disaster, and he took care of everything, and he made it simple and easy somehow. So we thank you, Mark. He's been with us since day one. Again, if you support this channel, please support our title sponsor, a San Diegan, a lifelong Padres fan doing business right here in the community. Click the link in the description down below. If it's a renewal, if it's a new policy, get in contact with Mark. He can save you money. Yeah, all his information is above my head. Mnimitz at farmersagent.com when you reach out to our uh, buddy Mark. I don't know if you're in the chat tonight, Mark, but uh, 
when you reach out to him, let him know that John and Jim from the wrap-up show sent you. Oh, we texted about four hours ago, and he was not thrilled. Um, he <laughs> might be the next manager. Reed Todd, thank you. He says, I'm calling it. Padres fall into the playoffs, and they finally win four straight. They get shut out in game one. They win game 2-9-2. Two, two. Game three, go down a run early and give up equals loss. And is that a wiener on Jim's hat? It's actually a uh, sandal, flying chancla. Mm-hmm. The flying chanclas. San Antonio, double A. Yep. Dope hat, one of the better selling uh, alternate caps in the history of minor league baseball, in fact. Uh, but thank you, John by the way, Ritat. Very generous. Appreciate it. Um, Iron Lung, thank you for the super chat. He says, uh, maybe they just need one more team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Not any old meeting. I'm talking like the mother of all team meetings, even bigger than a Congress <laughs> meeting. You want like 450 people. Right. The ticket office, the marketing team. Yeah, everyone in there, all of ownership, minority, you know, anyone representing ownership, not just Peter Seidler. Everyone. Yeah, yell at everybody. I like that. Yeah, that will work. Dude, the messages are not being received. The team meetings are not working. The meetings are done. The meetings are done, right? The next meeting this team will have will be for like their off-season evaluations or whatever bullshit they do before they they leave to go to Cancun. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Moni. Or money, or money. Thank you for the super. He says, uh, "Bro, they'll be raking next season with new hotshot rookie manager Ryan Flaherty." Maybe, but by the way, if you need a manager to appease Manny's wishes or to prevent a team from going sideways, well, isn't Ryan Flaherty on the staff right now? Like, shouldn't he be able to prevent that from occurring because he's the right hand mm-hmm. man, so to speak, of Bob Melvin right now? And by the way, doesn't doesn't Manny have a good rapport with Bob Melvin? Yeah, like by all accounts, the, like I, I think I, I said this last week. When have we heard at all this year that there was a disconnect or is a problem with the players in Bob Melvin? We haven't, right? If anything, we've heard like encouraging statements about Bob Melvin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that Bob Melvin's lost his clubhouse. I don't think so. I just think that these players are a, the mindset of a team is not there. It is a very individualistic clubhouse player here, player there, player there. Like, it's not like, Oh, these are the Padres. It's, Oh, there's Juan Soto. There's Manny Machado over there. There's Jay Cronenworth. Like they're not a team. They're the farthest thing from a team. The, the, the season has been, just a, such so dreadful to watch. Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching this, the, these these collection of players, do you think team? I don't. No, I don't. I and think kind of like that's the issue. It's, front it's not runners. That, yeah, it, it, 100%. All talk front runners. The, the, the issue isn't like, oh, they've Bob Melvin's lost the clubhouse. It's, it's you got a bunch of dudes in there that have huge egos and haven't bought into the singular goal of winning. Now you might say, well, that's Bob's fault then if Bob didn't get into get, get there. Sometimes you, you can like a guy and it does, doesn't work. It just doesn't work no matter what, you know? And then I think these players like Bob a lot. And sometimes you can like a dude and it just doesn't work out. Yeah. I do wonder about like the clubhouse feeling on like, are we just snake bitten? How do we lose so many close games? Like who are they pinning that on themselves? The bullpen, bad luck. 
decision making in game. They're six and nineteen. I mean, they were. Here's the thing: a year ago they were really good in one run games. This year they're awful. Like, and a year ago they were a good baseball team, and this year they're not. I mean, are we really going to go? Are we really going to go down the path of this season is because they got unlucky? Listen, I read a lot of baseball theory. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there'd be a lot of those that do it for a living that would say, eh, one run results, some of it's controllable, some isn't. 0-10 in no. extra innings isn't very predictable. The odds of that occurring are maybe one in a thousand. And who knows? Maybe one win in extra innings changes everything. But I tend to look at it like you are who you are with no, a I couple agree. At this point, with a are. couple bad losses from bad luck th- sprinkled in there. The Colorado loss, like that to me is the definition of bad luck. Manny dropping a ball at third base. Like are yeah, you kidding me? It's bad yeah, luck. Look at it this way. If they were three and seven in extra innings, which would be probably like the worst percentage record in extra innings in baseball this year, or whatever, like bottom five, mm-hmm. they'd be two games out of a playoff spot. If they were three and seven <laughs> in extra innings. Yeah. So like, and is that anything other than, I guess, just bad execution? Probably. But again, if you're thinking that just by going, winning a couple games and extra innings is like acceptable, it's not even close to acceptable. Because if that were the case and still being two games out of a playoff spot, this season's like still considered not good enough. Like yeah, if they don't make it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say this, the odds of being 0 and 10 in extra innings, aren't they the same as being 10 and 0? Like you can't predict, like how could you be 10 and 0 in extra innings? You'd be like, wow, that's a one. In the-. They were great in extra innings last year. John, you've watched these extra inning games. Do you think I, the extra, I do you know. th- I'm just, do you think- I hate to say it. I'm just telling you that there's some part of it that's out of your control. There's just some dude at second base and you lose 10 consecutive times. Do you think this is a team that executes, executes well enough in extra innings where you could just like literally chalk it up to all bad, all bad luck. I didn't say all bad luck, but I do think that I think they're the most anti-clutch team like in baseball history. So I think that does apply. That's an approach. Um, That's a mindset. But when the bases are loaded with nobody out in the 10th inning and you got people on the wrap up show saying, I guarantee they score in the inning and they don't, (laughs) you tell me, you know, (laughs) but I mean, seriously, I know, uh, James. Okay, let's get to James's super. He says, uh, we need to give our struggling players a standing ovation at the plate so they can get their swing back. It worked for Trey Turner and Philly, LFGSD. What do you what do you make of that, Jim? Padres fans need to show support of the struggling Padres right now. I mean, it's interesting. Like I, I wouldn't like bash it. Um, but here's the thing don't expect it to work. I'm not like don't get your hopes up. I mean, it might work, but don't get your hopes up. And Philly did it, and it was like, okay, this is interesting. But guess what? Philly was already in a playoff position. They were already, they were already five, over 500. You know, the, the Padres are six games under and five and a half back. Dude, my thought is the Padres <laughs> fans have already done more than enough. That's it. This is now on the 26 guys in the clubhouse. Like the fact that you've been there 26 consecutive times and not an empty seat. Yeah, all Padres fans is an incredible amount of loyalty that they clearly haven't earned based on their performances here this year. I mean, we can you can lead a horse to water, so to speak. Like Padres fans have done everything they can. I think cheering Trent Grisham. I don't know if that's going to turn the fortunes of this this team around or not. I mean, I I like the concept and the idea, but I, I mean, 
I think you can't ask anything more of Padres fans this year. I don't know what these next 10 games are going to be like. I'd imagine very large crowds would be my guess. Baltimore's good. Arizona, we'll see, but it's a weekend series. Um, will, this, will the sellout streak get snapped over these 10 games? Maybe. A couple of Monday games in there, a couple of Tuesday games in there. But, I mean, you can't ask anything more, I don't think, of Padres fans. So funny. I see people all the time on social media that, and this is completely different, like that, like think Bob is this horrible manager and that he needs to be fired tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? He fucking sucks. Who's better? I'll wait. Well, are we talking about this year? That's my, 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 that's my point. Is like, you can't you, hire anyone. It's all. No, 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 no. I meant like next year. Well, here's the thing. If you fire Bob Melvin, which I'm not advocating for at all, it will allow the organization then to elevate Ryan Flaherty. And then they can say, oh, he went 30 and 16 down the stretch. So it's his, his job or, you know, 20 and 12 or whatever, 18 and 17, whatever they go. If you're telling me Mike Schilt is better. Right. No, there's no, there is no better to your point. No, <laughs> as in, I'm not saying he's the best, but no, it's too subjective. Nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like, there's, give me a break. there's nothing definitive. It's too late to change manager. What's the purpose? You know, if Bob Melvin gets fired, what the sentiment around baseball is going to be? Not that the Padres needed to fire Bob Melvin. Is that the Padres are fucking stupid for firing Bob Melvin. Yeah, like how could the Padres even go sideways with Bob Melvin, basically, would be the sentiment. And it would be from not just like fans or our stupid asses, like people that know Bob, one, and two, are in you know the game of baseball or have been in baseball for years. They would they would literally be like, "What the fuck are the Padres doing?" I just don't get with 44 games left. This isn't a this isn't a get rid of Joe Girardi 50 games in with 110 <laughs> to go. This is get rid of him 120 games. What purpose does it serve other than if you want to say, "Well, we want to see what Ryan Flaherty is capable of?" I don't like that line of thinking. I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think it's fair to Ryan Flaherty to be honest with you, nor do I think it's fair to Bob Melvin, nor do I think there's any logic to it. And you know what, John? And that's not an indicator. If Ryan Flaherty goes 22 and 18 down the stretch, you're telling me that's like an indicator of his ability to manage the 2024 team? No. You fire Bob Melvin, I'll bet you that he is a manager of another team next year. Well, sure. I mean, but all these guys are – I mean, of course, of course, if he wants to manage, of course. But you're not – I mean, my point is like Jay Stingler, Andy Green – no. Yeah, you but know? I mean, Bob Melvin, I think, is a different class of manager, right? That's so. also the point is, like, if you think Bob Melvin sucks, well, uh, 29 other teams in baseball, not 29, no. but, like, <laughs> a majority of teams in baseball would be like, fuck, we'd love to have Bob Melvin as our manager. Yeah, I'm sure there are teams that would take him. Yeah, absolutely. He'll get a job if he wants a job, absolutely. He'll 100% get a job. Yeah, he'll be managing the Arizona Diamondbacks next year and in the postseason. Yep. Um, for the second time, by the way, kill bill. Thank you. He says, uh, after you said the Marlins were awful. Okay. We have a Marlins fan with us in the chat. Very cool. Oh, cool. Uh, we just took two out of three from the reds and the Yankees. That Yankees comeback was ridiculous. Um, our team has fight on sleep in the fish. I'm a Manny fan. So I wish the Padres were in poverty. Manny fan, maybe because it was Miami background would be my guess. We'll see that Marlins series. We'll see if it's important or not. It will be for Miami. I don't know about San Diego in eight days. I think it will be. I think the Padres will come home and play half decent. They've been half decent at home recently. Um, Who knows? Yeah, I don't know what to think of the Marlins. They, they were really struggling. They've played better here recently. And listen, it's not a lot of great teams 
when you get six teams into the postseason, someone's going to make it with 85, 86 wins, 87 wins, as we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to win 90, 90 games to get into the postseason. Someone's going to, you know, win 80 something and get in. Maybe two teams. San Francisco hasn't been playing great baseball. You know, they're probably pacing for about 86 wins, something like that, 87 wins. Um, okay, thank you, Kill Bill. Thank you, Murray, again for the super. He says, Preller is our manager. He always has been. Um, I don't know what role he's playing. I don't think he's playing a very large role in game. Um, we were told by Kevin Acey on Friday that Bob Melvin has, I don't know, I don't know if it's full authority, but authority on the lineup. And then in-game bullpen decisions are basically, you know, a reflection of Bob Melvin and Ruben Niebla's decisions, you know, in real time. I don't think general managers can manage games. It's 162 games. There's so many different factors that go into a baseball game that I don't think they could be managed from a GM's office. That's my my thoughts on it. Remember the argument that managers don't matter? No, they <laughs> they matter. I mean, everything's it, written out for them. No, it matters. It matters. You know, it definitely matters. Preller is not managing this team. No, he's not. Behind the scenes at all. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that Bob Melvin and AJ Preller are not, they're not sitting down together talking about lineup construction. Guarantee. Right. Take it to the bank. The lineup construction, again, all this stuff. It's like, okay, so they bat Xander Bogart's fifth, and if he was hitting sixth, the record would be like nobody knows. It's not like the world would have changed if Xander Bogart was hitting sixth over the last month, would be my guess. He's, he's had a nice series. Richard, thank you, says uh, Dodger fan here. I say this with respect. Other than Betts, Freeman, and Kershaw, LA's roster has blue-collar players. Their culture is ingrained from top to bottom. San Diego needs an identity, a purpose. Um, Richard, thanks for hanging out, and thank you for the super chat. I mean, yeah, you can't compare, obviously, the Dodgers to the Padres, other than maybe what happened last postseason, which is a credit to San Diego. There is no question about it. Big-time credit to San Diego last year winning the postseason, but if you just look at what's happened in the regular seasons, basically for the history of the franchises, but more specifically like the last 15 years or even Preller's tenure, we did it the other day. Padres haven't finished closer than like 15 games in the standings to the Dodgers in nine years, other than 2020, where if you paced it out, they would have finished 16 games out. There was um, a quote in this Bob Nightingale, by the way, mm-hmm. like Bob, can we stop writing 30-page articles? Jesus. I know. And he buries like the most important thing. He's like, oh, by the way. Uh, oh, Shohei Otani are... wants to play for the Yankees. Like, oh, yeah. oh wish you would have started uh, with the that. Dodgers are fi- I fired Bob Melvin. But, uh, right. Um, um, let me check here. Where is it? It's from Rich Hill. It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I, I saw it about the Dodgers organization. He right? hasn't been with the Padres long enough for me to like read too much into it. But I'll read this to you. And mm-hmm. tell me what you think. Okay. All right. Um, Rich Hill said, really, it starts with the top. And it's the culture. They create a culture. He's talking about the Dodgers. They create a culture for guys and identify stuff that other teams couldn't see in players. The culture is there. And it's real. It's not like 26 different islands. Everybody's on the same same page. It's pretty cool to see. When are, I you sure that, are you sure it's not the Padres he's talking about? Yeah, I was going to say, when I read hey, that... I've been here four days. You think the complete opposite for this Padres team this year. 
This year, yeah. Like this, this com- year, yeah. Like complete opposite. I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have said complete opposite last year, even in the regular season. I would have had concerns, no. but I mean they did win 89 games. I can't even like we were upset about last year's team a lot of times because they were frustrating. Um and the offense wasn't good. And it was like besides Manny, their the offense was just, you know, the trade deadline players weren't performing. You're yep. like, is this team gonna miss the postseason? But oh my god, last year seems like the greatest season ever compared to this train wreck. Yeah, because even when they struggled, like when they they got called out and there was that team meeting in Arizona, September 15th, we could go back and look. They were well over 500. They were likely still in playoff position that day. I mean, it might have been like even or ahead by a game. And I'm not talking about the postseason. We all know what the postseason, that looks like more like an outlier now. Um, But I'm just talking about regular season. It felt like last year after this season was fucking a breeze, dude. (laughs) That's because it was. I mean, they're on pace to win. I don't know how many more games last year, but 13, but you know, fourteen. But you also know, last year there was a lot of like angst and struggle, and it wasn't it well, wasn't yeah. smooth. Let's see. So September fifteenth, when they got called out, they were seventy eight and sixty six. <laughs> okay, <laughs> everyone would take that in a second, right? And now. by the way, this was a team a year ago that basically was never under five hundred. The entire year. Remember, they got off to that great start. Yeah. So they, yeah, they they hung around for a while and they played 500 baseball for like four months. But yeah, but they were 15 games over 500 when they were doing that. So yeah, you can't really compare um, this year's team to last year's team because there's not a lot of comparable points, unfortunately, for the Padres this year. All right, let's uh, tell you about Aura. One of our longtime partners here on the wrap-up show, their co-founder, Will, is a huge Padres fan, longtime supporter of this channel. They've got offices right here in Liberty Station in San Diego. This is a plant-based supplement company. All of them are plant-based. All the nutritional products are plant-based, including the probiotic I take every single day for heart health, digestion, mental health. There are so many reasons and good reasons to take a probiotic. Best I've ever taken is Aura's. You should take it as well. Click the link in the description down below or go to ORA.organic. They have supplements for pre-workout. They have uh, proteins for after-workout. They have omega-3 oils. If you're taking a fish oil, you can take the omega-3 oil from Aura. They have sleep pills, immunity pills, much, much more. You can get to the website, ORA.organic, or click the link in the description down below. You can shop while you watch or listen to the wrap-up show. You can see all of their products. Everyone's looking to get healthier. If you want to support a local business that does business with us here on the wrap-up show, if you're looking to get healthier yourself, your family, your friends, visit ORA.organic or click the link in the description down below. Yeah, they have everything you need to live a healthy lifestyle. If you guys want to start taking some supplements but you don't know where to start, uh, start with Aura, www.ora.organic. Will is a huge supporter of the Padres, loves the team. Local San or was born in San Diego, grew up a Padres fan. Uh, he supports us. We would love if you support him as well. So help support our sponsors. Um, go to Aura right now, pick up some stuff, and uh, you'll thank us later. No doubt about it. If you're here, please subscribe. If you're here, please subscribe to our brand new John and Jim channel as well by clicking the link in the description down below. We are live every day from three to six. Three to six, John and Jim, our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the description down below. Thank you for the super chats. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. We'll get to all of them, including this one from RH. who says, let's finally admit we have a real problem with the owner who ultimately, because of his money, created a mess. Hashtag blind spots. 
I don't think the money's a mess. I think maybe you could argue that some of this loyalty towards AJ Preller could be problematic moving forward. We'll see what decisions they make at the end of the season. I would not fault him for his spend, me personally. I, I will always give Peter Seiler credit for doing what he did and spending the money that he spent because the alternative is what every single fan of this team has dealt with for the last 60 years. And that's an owner that doesn't spend money. And that is a team with a bottom payroll. And for Siler to flip that and bring this expectation level to where, you know, I love seeing it, which is, World Series, you know, not just have a good year, have some good prospects develop, you know, maybe make the postseason like, oh, we made the postseason as a wild card. Yay. No, no, no. The expectation now is World Series. So I give him the ultimate respect for for getting this fan base and this organization to that point of having those expectations by spending all of this money. Um, you never would have seen that from Ron Fowler. You never would have seen that from Larry Lakino. You never would have seen that from any previous owner of this team to do what Peter Sider did. So I give him credit for that. But what I will say is he also does not have any void of blame here as far as what happened and what is happening with this team. And why I say that is because of the, the, these, these, these quotes are literally going to be like go down in infamy as the most insane quotes you'll ever see about calling AJ Preller AJ excellent. excellent. When you do that, you look like a guy who is blinded by, I don't know what. And it's also a, 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 a it, it comes off of like, are, are you watching what we're watching here? Like, how can you not see this? How can you not read the room? How can you not see like what the problem is and look, granted we're not behind closed doors. We don't see everything that goes on, but like, I mean, it's not hard to get leaks out of that organization. <laughs> it's not hard to go back just two years ago and see what, how Preller runs this thing from the article that Dennis wrote. And it's not hard to think that nothing's changed. So that to me is an indictment on Seidler by those comments he made about AJ Preller. And then, I mean, essentially, it feels like he went rogue to sign Manny Machado. That too, while we we both agreed, like having Machado on your team is better than not having Machado on your team. But when you have a rogue owner go and spending money on players without potentially the backing of everyone in your organization, that's also a problem. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's well said. I don't disagree. Um I would give him. Listen, if he wants to sign Machado, he can sign Machado. He, it's his pocketbook. I that do too. But like, increase the payroll to this point. And by the way, he can have Machado because Preller's got his own that he signed that have not worked out. You see what I'm saying? So if if Preller can have Bogarts and Hosmer, then Siler can have Machado. But what, do you think? And Siler wasn't the majority owner when they when they signed, correct? Hosmer, but the players that were signed by Preller, mm-hmm. if if Seidler had a problem with any single one of them, do you think that they would have dished out the money? No. No, but I also don't think A.J. Preller put his foot down. It's like, how dare you give Manny Machado $350 million? I'd be shocked if that happened. No, 
I, I'd be, I don't think that happened either. But I because everyone was saying, everyone was saying it was going to get three hundred million dollars. I don't okay. remember anyone saying you wouldn't get three hundred million. Hey, and and Ben, bro, uh, when's it ever worked out when an owner goes rogue and does whatever the hell he wants and spends whatever the hell he wants? Because last time I checked, it doesn't really go that well. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, it may have been the the owner's priority, to your point, to sign Manny Machado. He said it was my number one priority, right, during spring mm -hmm. training or at the start of it. Um, but the fact, I mean, 11 years, 350 in the moment, I do not recall the reaction. I'm not saying locally. Locally, you know, head over heels. But I don't recall the reaction nationally that the Padres overpaid for Manny Machado coming off that 2022 season. I think the sentiment was Manny Machado was going to get a larger deal than the deal he was on, that $300 million deal. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I remember us talking about it for weeks on end. He was going to get $300 million. Yeah, and we were talking about how, hey, now you solved the problem of him going to the Mets. And yep. we, were, we were wrong about the Mets. We thought the Mets were going to be contenders, and now yep. they're, they're shit. Um, yeah, they but, wouldn't have been in, obviously. And hindsight him. is like the greatest thing on the planet. Um. But like, I don't know, man. It's it, it when when a player signed, I much rather have it be a universal thing than not. Because All right, let's get to this. If everyone's on the same page, that to me is at least stomach. Like you can stomach that. But when you Dude, have people I mean, so going wait, like going wait, like, I don't know. You think that's worth it? You think Preller would have been like, Jill? I don't know. I, I, but I, that's what I'm saying. So, like, we don't, I mean, do we, I don't know if we really know if Preller wasn't advocating for an extension for Manny Machado coming off 2022. Maybe, maybe Preller wanted to offer Manny Machado a different number. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I guess. But John, you, you know, like, come on, you know that Seidler made this thing happen, right? I know that every single Padre fan wanted Siler to make it happen. I know everyone spent the entire offseason talking about the importance of keeping Manny Machado in a Padre's no, uniform. I know. And I know I'm, after the deal, nobody was critical of a $350 million deal for Manny Machado. I'm, so this I'm is not, complete, complete revisionist history and Monday it, morning quarterback. I'm not saying it's a bad contract. I'm, t I'm just asking you, who signed Manny? But who cares? That's fine. Okay, he fine. said it was his number one priority. It's fine if it's Peter Sadler. He yeah, owns he the team. Right. Everyone's okay with it. He owns the in that team. organization. In that organization. He, great. He owns the team. Who? What do you mean everyone in the organization is okay with it? That's like saying that everyone's on board with AJ Preller's line of thinking with the organization, and he's the GM. Okay. I mean, just admit, admit that 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 line of thinking is flawed. Well, I'm not asked. That's not the question I'm asking. No, nobody has firsthand knowledge of what AJ Preller was thinking about the Manny Machado extension. But also, you have to agree that probably that contract doesn't get done unless Peter Sathers, like goes and gives it to Manny. No shit. Nor does the Bogarts or the Tatis so or, or the Hosmer or any of them. He owns that's the team. The point. I know. Your point makes no point. sense. He's the owner. If, if, if Preller wanted to get the Manny deal done without Sidler's help. Now, obviously, you need help because you need to sign the, the contract. This is like saying any deal. Okay. You think he gets Bogarts done without Sidler? Give me a break. You think the, he could offer to Trey Turner or Aaron Judge without Sidler? 
Pod's got, okay, thank you, it's your boy. Pod's got too many cooks in the kitchen and no real identity, definition of mediocrity, and a bust of a season after being a team to win the World Series this year. Yeah, they've been a complete bust. <laughs> you know, they've been a complete bust. There's no doubt about it. Too many cooks in the kitchen? Potentially. Uh, Murray, thank you. He says, uh, Preller is like A.J. Smith was for the Chargers. He fired Schottenheimer after a 14-2 season. It's a power trip. Isn't it obvious? Preller? Uh, I mean, yeah, Preller, Preller is... Just, it's going to be... No, I don't know, man. Preller is just a problem that will be around for a while. Um, Retod, Chango Surfo gets credit almost 500 IPA. That's all. Just thought that was hilarious. I didn't see that comment. What? what? Huh? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, but thank you, Retod. And then this from Sky, who says thoughts on Eno saying Weathers was lied to about pitch shapes and prematurely rushed to the majors. Also, David Cohn uh, towing the slab saying that he talked to Bo Mel and was unhappy with front office analytics. You know, Sarah said, what? Weathers was lied to about pitch shapes? I don't. Yeah, I'm not I don't listen familiar to with him saying yeah. that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But I know the David Cohn stuff. And that goes back to the point of like, no fucking way is Preller and Melvin having these like conversations before games about lineup construction and analytics and whatever the case may be. No chance. Okay, let's get to this from RH. He says, uh, the misplaced spending by Seidler is leading to, next to the Mets, the most disappointing and embarrassing team in Major League Baseball history. He presides over total dysfunction. Hashtag buck stops at the top. Yeah, maybe next to the Mets. Um, well, that's another, not Major League history. That might be a bit strong. Hey, that's another, another owner that went rogue and signed players to massive contracts, and it didn't work out. So... You're right, Ben. Owners can do whatever they want, and it always works out. Congratulations. It's not that. I mean, I just I don't know if Rogue is the right. I just I think if Dude, he was a player he other was, than Machado, he was talking to Scott Boris on a fucking like vacation in Hawaii and wrote down on a like a piece of paper the contract that they were going to give to uh, Justin Verlander or what was it Max Scherzer? I forget who it was one of those players. You're talking no, about Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa. You're talking about Cohen. Yeah, and it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. But like, that's an example of an owner bypassing everybody in the front office. But that's—I don't think that's a good comparison to the Machado situation. Is my point? It's not that. It's not to that extreme. No, like you. Well, you had a four. You got had a guy in house for four years. They finished Mm -hmm. second in MVP voting, coming off a National League Championship Series appearance, who was on a three hundred million dollar deal that you gave three fifty to. To me, that's not very egregious. I, I'm not saying it's egregious, John. I'm just saying that while this was a discussion before spring training started, and then it was a discussion up until Siler said, nah, 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 it's, it's, I'm getting mm-hmm. this done. Mm-hmm. It's the owner seemingly bypassing everybody. And I, I'm sure that a lot of people wanted to resign Machado. Okay. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. 
but it's the I think Preller was quoted as saying he did. Yeah, and it's it's the owner saying, like, okay, don't listen to those guys. I, me and you, we got this. And then getting that done. Yeah, maybe. Which I think at the time people kind of appreciated. Like, hey, he was willing to do something that might have been a, to the detriment of the organization if it didn't get done. At the time, that's what we were thinking. Having his contract hang over the 2023 season at the time was seen as something that could potentially derail the season at the time. Well, it didn't matter because the season is derailed anyway. I, I know, and for, but again, we have hindsight. They didn't in the moment. Um, and then Danny says, uh, what to do to improve the team next year? How much time you got, Danny? Dude, there are so many problems with this fucking team. Um, one of them, they have no pitching next year. And uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, they, there's real work, obviously, Danny. I mean, they got a lot of these payrolls, a lot of these players under contract for a long period of time that haven't necessarily performed this year, uh, including Manny Machado, by the way. But, you know, I, I don't know where you start. I really don't. I have no idea where you start, probably with starting pitching. And also with your bullpen, because you're not going to have Josh Hader back. Your bullpen has been really bad over the last couple of months. I mean, they're going to have real work to do, and they're going to have to do it to some extent on the cheap because the payroll's not going up, and a lot of the payroll's already accounted for in uh, 2024. Um, okay, guys, if you are here, a reminder, if you're looking for the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, underdogfantasy.com is the place. They have daily drafts going on right now, daily pick em contests. As well, if you use promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Daily draft starting at just $3 for Major League Baseball games for tomorrow's action. Also, Pick'em's going on right now across Major League Baseball, including the Padres, who, oh, by the way, welcome the Orioles here tomorrow. <laughs> and the Orioles have been as you know good as any team, potentially in baseball. This year, one of the most surprising teams in baseball this year. So pick them, pick two or more for a chance to win. You can pick up to five. You can ensure one of those picks. You don't have to get them all right, and you can still win. Again, underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PODSWRAP and get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Um, okay, so you can join us tomorrow, John and Jim, 3 p.m. San Diego Sports 760. We'll have Sports Wrap with Darnay Trip from 3 to 3.30, and then, of course, the entirety of the show. And make sure to subscribe again to our brand-new YouTube channel, John and Jim, by clicking the link. It is in the description down below. Brand-new channel. It's only been around for less than a week. Click that link in the description down below. Please subscribe. We have more content for Padres fans. If you're here, smash the like button. If you're here, please subscribe. If you're here, Follow us on Twitter at John Schaefer, at Jim Russell SD, and support our partners, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. Whatever it is, auto home, runner's life, earthquake insurance needs, Mark is your guy. Aura, if you're looking to get healthier, ORA.organic. Click the link in the description down below. Underdog Fantasy, promo code PODSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Get a 100% deposit match up to $100. We'll catch up tomorrow at 3 on the radio and on YouTube. Until tomorrow night on the wrap-up show, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Peace out, bye. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.